Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. Good morning, family, brothers and sisters. My name is Kevin. I'm a grateful, recovering sexaholic. Uh, I was asked last night to be the speaker, and I thought, oh, my God, I haven't prepared. But it reminds me of a gentleman that shared at a meeting a couple weeks ago. He said, my sponsor told me if I'm going to share, share early. That way I can't prepare for it, which means that's God coming through me. And me not trying to be hip, slick, and cool from listening to all the other shares prior to mine say mine's going to be better than theirs. So, I hardly took any notes. I'm going to shoot from the heart, not the hip. Uh, I was born and raised in Alaska, a large family. And uh, our family was raised with shame. I think one of the earliest memories was sex is a dirty, nasty thing, which meant that I must be dirty and nasty. And uh, I was always compared to my older brother who got the highest SATs in the state of Alaska. And they said, why can't you be like him? That didn't help my self-esteem much. Uh, I always strove to hear something about myself that I could uh, relate to. And I remember when I was little, my mom used to say, you know, you could give Kevin three or four little toy cars and put them in the corner and he would play by himself for hours. That was my first opportunity to see what isolation was. And I find out through my uh, older years and stuff that in a large group, I'm either the life of the party or I'm alone with the masses. I had that ability to disappear, escape, even while you're talking to me because that was considered a good thing from my parents. Now, I'm not blaming my parents by any stretch. <clears throat> when I started realizing about the possibility, well, I didn't know what it was back then when I was five years old, but uh, curiosity with the opposite sex, because I was so protected not knowing and stuff, and I knew that girls were different than boys. And uh, so I started experimenting with that. Um, when I was about eight years old, they built a drive-in theater across the street from our house. Now, you know, people that did not in Alaska, I lived on the outskirts of Anchorage and we didn't even know what a drive-in theater was. And the problem was, is that the theater could not get any top rate movies. So all they could get was X-rated. This is a drive-in. Kind of easy for an eight-year-old to go out in the woods and watch some of these movies. And that's when I first got introduced to acting out. Uh, 
wasn't very helpful for my teenage years, that's for certain. And, uh, you know, I'd get into relationships. I'd probably been in about four or five different relationships. It only lasted about a year. And then finally, uh, they came to an abrupt end because when it came to acting out with a woman, I was doing a dirty, nasty thing. And when all things were complete, I couldn't get away from that person quick enough because what I did was nasty. Then uh, in my young adult years, I got to where uh, I wanted to compile as many temporary relationships as possible because the guys at work would hear my stories the next day and say, man, you got it going on. And I ran with that. I finally got something that I'm good at. And uh, I always wondered why I hadn't been married. (laughs) And now I look back on it in my writings. Well, good gosh, imagine that. Finally, when I was uh, 38 years old, and uh, I got into recovery 32 years ago and uh, started learning about a new way of life. But even back then, I said, you know, drugs and alcohol were my problem. My problem was finding a partner to act out with because that was my real drug. And uh, I didn't want to go to SA meetings because that was just really... You know, that that's just, those guys are sick. I judged them quite well. And uh, finally, when I was 38, 39, I got married, and we had a child. And uh, then the Internet came along, and I'm not going to get into that. I think we can all share our experience, strength, and hope with the Internet. That's what put me over the top. I was able to text and act out and stuff like that. And finally, I got caught. You know, we addicts seem to think we'll never get caught because we are so good at our secret. And uh, having recovery in me at that point, I knew that I had had to admit that I was powerless. And uh, that's what got me into SA. And I'll just share real quick, God willing, this Wednesday I will be celebrating one year. And... Uh, I don't want to really celebrate that too much because it, I, I've seen too many people in the program and other programs get 15, 20 years and tend to think they got that golden ticket and they go back out. You know, I think the reason I celebrate one year and announce it, it's for the newcomer to hear that it works. You too can achieve more than one day in a row. But like I say, all I really have at this point is today. And uh, I am so grateful that, for that. I'm, I'm grateful that I was asked to share my story. And to go back a little bit, uh, when I was in recovery 30-some years ago, my counselor said, okay, now you have to go out and do something for Kevin that only pertains to Kevin that makes you feel good. And so I went out and bought a guitar and uh, eh, learned how to play it somewhat. You know, a few chords up at the far end of the neck. I never could get any, any further down there. But uh, in my addiction with women, there was a lady that I wanted her to fall for me. And I said, I'll write her a song. So I get all these words together and stuff. And I was, God dang it, I was living with my sponsor at the time, which uh, that'll keep you from acting out. 
And he came home, and I said, God dang it. I said, I'm trying to write this song for this woman. I've got all these words and everything else, and I just can't get it together. He goes, huh, must not be inspired. I thought, well, you son of a gun. And so this is where I get to say thank you, God, for that. Who can I write a song for? And what came to me was, write a song for you. And some of you people on this phone meeting have heard the words to it, and I've been asked to sing it. And uh, it's going to be a cappella because I forgot the chords. But if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and sing this real quick. shouldn't take long. Hopefully you can get something from it. I know I do. God, please deliver me from this insanity. I can't go on this way. With this pain inside of me, I've been searching for serenity in places outside of me. Now I pray to you on bended knee, set me free from me. There can be some pain in letting go, but without that pain, I can't grow. Dear God, here I am. Do with me what you can. My life depends on you and the things that you give me to do. Just like the onion is peeled, more things shall be revealed. These things that you give to me set me free from me. There can be some pain in letting go, but without that pain, I can't grow. God has delivered me from my insanity. I can go on today with less pain inside of me. I am finding more serenity in places inside of me. Now I thank him while I'm bended knee. God set me free from me. Thank you. Um, that song means so much to me. And uh, I wrote that in like an hour, hour and a half. It's amazing what inspiration can do for somebody in recovery to put it down on paper. These are my feelings. Uh, and in closing, uh, I talk to a lot of people on the phone and they say, I really want what that guy's got. He's got, he's got it going on. And it's, it's hard to really kind of measure where I am at in my recovery. But many, many years ago when I got clean from the other drugs and stuff, this one coworker I had that, uh, you know, in early sobriety from drugs and such like that, he go, man, I have gone seven days without dope. And he's going, dude, is that something? They can't understand. But a year later, him and I went fishing, and on the way down there, I wasn't talking about my recovery, and he brought it up. He said, Kevin, it's really nice to see you being comfortable in your recovery. And that spoke volumes to me. It's a program of attraction rather than promotion. People will see how I have changed, and uh, it brings good people into my life that will parallel my path 
just like a new pair of shoes. They don't fit very good, folks, when you first buy them, but they sure become your favorite pair of shoes. With that, I'm going to pass. Thank you very much for letting me share, Dennis.